Carolina, you're watching My Fellow Americans with your host, Spike Cohen. Hey guys, welcome to My Fellow Americans. I am literally Spike Cohen. This is uh, Wednesday, July 16th of the current year, and I am still trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do with my hands. I really, I, 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 I've noticed it in previous episodes that you'll see that my my knuckles start to creep up like this and I put them down. So you will see that and uh, we'll have a knuckle watch and if, uh, if at the end of the show you can guess how many times uh, my knuckles uh, raised up correctly, uh, then you will win, I don't know, you can come visit or something, we can go out for dinner. I don't know, we'll work on that. Uh, but thank you again for, uh, for joining my, my show. Uh, this episode uh, is not being live streamed. I had to accommodate my, my guest uh, for this episode and it was more than worth it. I, I, I absolutely love my guests. I can't wait to introduce them. As always, I would love to thank uh, Matt and Muhammad at Muddied Waters Media for giving me this opportunity to, to do this show and to, to help promote it. Uh, I'd like to thank Kroger for this delicious water that I'll be drinking, Bula. The intro and outro music that I use is from uh, uh, one of my favorite musicians, uh, Joe Davi. Uh, you can find him on Facebook, on SoundCloud, on Bandcamp, you can buy uh, his stuff on Bandcamp. Uh, shout out to Tehran Turks's mom and him, and a very special shout out to my father and Rabbi Harvey Cohen. Uh, it is going to be his 80th birthday this Sunday, and I'm so excited to celebrate with him. And uh, I wish him 80 more years, uh, if that's even possible. I wish him as many years as he can have. Uh, I love you very much, Dad. 
happy birthday, and uh, I can't wait to celebrate with you. Okay, folks, my uh, guest tonight is one of my favorite political writers that is out there on the internet. Uh, he is a regular contributor at hotair.com, uh, which is one of the leading right-of-center opinion sites on the internet. Uh, he's also appeared on NRA News, on Reason, on Watchdog, on United Liberty, and on Free Radical Network, among others. Uh, his work tends to focus on uh, U.S. history, free markets, free speech, foreign policy, limited government, and justice reform. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming my guest, Taylor Millard. Taylor, thank you so much for joining our show today. You you flatter and scare me by saying that I'm one of your favorite writers on uh, the interwebs because I can think of about 80 to 200 who are much better than I am. Well, good. Give me give me that list afterwards and I'll, I'll run through them as because I need a guest list. I, I have a <laughs> couple dozen people and I need to go past that. So that's perfect. So but no, thank you again for joining my show. Uh, I'm really looking forward to talking with you about everything. Um uh, my favorite things about your your writings are are how your whenever I read any of your articles, I know that two things. I know that you're going to thoroughly flesh out the issue and talk about the the, the fundamental principles behind them and the history behind them and everything else, and not just sort of a cursory glance of it. And the other thing I really like is your is your willingness and possibly eagerness to deal with trolls who are going to call you an America hating cuck for being a libertarian. I. I, I I, I I appreciate both your your thoroughness and your your bravery in dealing with the the sort of right wing uh, comment section that's gonna that's gonna attack you every time you post something. If there is one thing I have learned from the comic book character Spider Jerusalem uh, from uh, Trans Metropolitan, and no, that is uh, that is a comic book that is only for adults. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, kids. You know, don't don't read it without your parents' permission. Parents wouldn't recommend you showing it to any kid until they're probably seventeen. Okay. Is uh, you know, let uh, oh, what's the way to put it? Feed me your hate. It goes directly into my bloodstream, and I will ooze it out elsewhere. It's only making you stronger. I can tell. Exactly. I can tell in your, it's like each article is going to be better than the next and you're going to get more hate from it and you're going to, I aspire one day to have, you know, in my live streams, just my comment filled with, you know, 4chan, uh, 4chan members just blasting me for, for, uh, for what I write. And, and maybe I had to actually, it's funny, you know, one of the things that, that I learned, uh, because I wrote the, there was a piece I wrote on, on at Amy Mack. And about, you know, this was a couple of weeks, uh, a couple of months ago, mm -hmm. and it was looking at the First Amendment and the fact Huffington Post had written a piece basically exposing who she was right. and pointing out that, hey, this is, you know, First Amendment activities. This is freedom of the press. Right. This is not doxing. And I've been her before uh, where, you know, I was just starting out. I wrote something at hot air that was surprisingly controversial <laughs> and right. people got so mad. They actually pulled up my LinkedIn. <laughs> well, the LinkedIn doesn't exist anymore. Right. I deleted it. Okay. You know, and, and it's like, you know, I had people grab, you know, private photos from Facebook, but you know, if you're a semi, you know, if you're a public figure or a semi public figure, right. People are going to do that. Now, I'm not recommending people try to figure out, you know, someone's address or something. What yeah, I yeah, do. yeah, yeah. No, no, right. no, no. And, and don't publish that that idiocy. Right, right. But you know, it's 
it's for you know the only reason one of the reasons why I look at the comment section is for the uh, is for the doxing and the death threats. <laughs> well, and and there's I'll tell you something. I've, I'm not sure I've seen any death threats. I'm sure you've gotten them, but I, I I don't think I've seen them. I just get a lot of. It's the same. It 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 almost seems like you know maybe it's for the Russian bots that we hear about, where it's the same kind of thing over and over again. They're just accusing you of the same thing, and and a lot of times it's. Like, I don't think they read what you wrote. I think that really their comment could have just gone into anything you, any article. There's nothing in there that's specific to your article. But, um, but no, you're, you're, you're doing great with it. And you, you give me the, the bravery. You and others like you gave me the bravery to say, you know what, I, I think I don't really care, uh, you know, if strangers on the internet are going to dislike me. I, I still want to go out there and, and give it. So I appreciate that. Before we get into all this libertarian talk, this is something I've been wanting to ask you. And now I have you as a somewhat captive audience. Um, and so I just want to ask, uh, you have a, uh, I guess, uh, like most libertarians, uh, you have an affinity for Vikings, um, and uh, uh, you even have Viking weapons. And I just, I, I was just curious about wh- where your interest in Viking culture started. Are you, are you part uh, Scandinavian, or, or is that just something that really interests you? Or I actually found out a couple of, or a few months ago, earlier this year, I am indeed part Scandinavian. Oh, cool. Okay. Uh, there is, uh, my, one of my aunts tra- uh, traced my, uh, heritage or traced his, uh, heritage mm. or her heritage, mm-hmm. uh, all the way uh, back to Norway. Oh, wow. Okay. So our, and not by, you know, doing the, the 23 and me or whatever the, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. The DNA, she actually like went through the family tree and stuff like that. Oh, wow. And traced it all down. I've always been interested in Vikings really since I was in my, uh, late teens, early, early twenties. I found medieval times to be like that, like that time period to be fascinating to begin with. I'm a history major. What do you expect? Of course. Of course. Uh, um, so when I went to, uh, so, you know, originally I got a little bit into Knights Templar. I still find them kind of fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they're as bad as France made them out to be. I right. don't think they're as good as some of their, you know, some of their proponents say it. Uh, but, you know, you you go and look at what all that has gone on, right? You, you go and you look at uh, the history of it. And I found myself just being kind of in, enthralled by Norse mythology and right. then Vikings uh, in general. And so that's how, that's how I got involved in it. And as I got, you know, older and, and older, it was like, you know, I really find this fascinating. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so that's how I got, that's how I got into Vikings. Yeah, it's really cool. I I'm I was interested in it because you know, uh, seeing the stuff that you posted, and then you you had gotten a, an axe, and right, it was a Viking axe, right? Yeah, I have a Viking axe. I have a sword. I wear a uh, a Mjolnir pendant, uh, Thor's hammer pendant, which is funny because I'm a non-denominational Christian, but uh... <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. And I assume you like the the Thor comic book series, the 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 that part of the Marvel universe, the Thor Thor and the um, uh, oh man, this see this is when I when I fail, but Thor and uh, where is it? Uh, his father Odin and Loki Odin. and and all of that stuff. I've started liking it 
less. Uh, only because I want. Although what Jason Aaron is doing is actually uh, is actually really good. Um, you know, it's not necess- It's not necessarily the. It's not. It doesn't follow Norse mythology right, very well right, right. at at all. Okay, which which sucks. Right. Uh, but. Uh, it's, um, it's still, uh, it, it's still pretty good. I really like the work Jason Aaron is doing. The, um, you know, the Jane Foster's Thor got a lot of controversy. Yeah, I remember it, that. Yeah, yeah. And a part of that was because the way it was promoted. And then you go and you read the story and it's like, oh, but this is really good. Right, right. But so, they presented it as this victory for women. They finally broke the glass ceiling of being Thor. <laughs> like, you know, the the problem is first off, you know, the hammer, the you know, when you look at the uh, when you look at uh, the inscription that's on that's on Thor's hammer, you know, he who be worthy. Right. Uh, yeah, that's something Stan Lee did. Right, right, that's right. That's not actually on, you know, Mjolnir. Right, I'm right. staring at at my copy of Mjolnir on my pendant, and no, that's... There's that's, nothing on there about that, yeah. N- nothing on there about that. Right. So, um, you know, it's one of those situations where there is obviously, you know, you know, comic books are going to have their own little thing, and, um, you know, the issue that, that there was with that was just the way it was pr- promoted, which right, was, right. again, this, uh, this, oh my gosh, you know, it's, uh, it, this wonderful, uh, you know, time for women and stuff like right. that. Finally, and, and, yeah, finally, it's our time to be Thor. Yeah, right, right, right. Right, and then you go and you look at the, at the actual story, and not only did the story make sense... The story was really good. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So it, this is one of those situations where you where you run into problems where you know if marketing does it a certain way, right, it can turn off potential readers. That's why I didn't want to read it. And then I heard so much about how good it was from. I mean, even like you know conservatives or libertarians were talking about you know people who who are not considered what do they call it third wave feminist right 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 Um, intersectional uh feminism or whatever yeah 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 you know we're talking about how uh, how good it was right 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 and it's like well i'll check it out cool and it's really freaking good well good good I'm, i'm glad um and so in terms of your libertarianism what would you it, it was there a a moment or a time that you would say that brought you to libertarianism or uh or is it you know you've always sort of leaned more towards you know aversion to uh authority or or at least you know excessive authority was there you know what what kind of brought you to that would you say you know something it was it really kind of took a it was an interesting journey okay um you know, I remember I was in uh, high school, and I took the that three pronged or the the four the four di- you know quadrant test. Right, 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 right. Yeah, and I was right on the line between conservative and libertarian, like legit, right on the line, like top right and top top uh, or bottom right. Yeah, top right and bottom right. I was I was right on that line. Okay. 
And the things where I where I disagreed were foreign policy and drugs. Uh, you know, with with the Libertarian Party standards, everything else though, you know, we ma- we we matched up. I mean, even on immigration. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and so you know that, so that so the foundation w- was laid in high school. It it probably wasn't until a you know, and then you read you read Ayn Rand, right? right. Um. It wasn't until I really fell in with uh, Jason Pye, who's at Freedom Works, uh, fell in with um, with Michelle Ray, aka Galt's Girl. Mm. Uh, you know that I really understood what and started reading Reason Magazine a lot more. Right, right, right. Um, you know, so probably around you know 2012 that was where i really kind of understood okay these people you know on the foreign policy standpoint when people are talking about uh, you know maybe instead of wanting to be adventurous and you know and in foreign policy maybe we should do you know trades with you know like you know, maybe you ought to just let the free market work, right, right, and let people, you know, and and let countries do, or not let, but let individuals in different countries do do various different, uh, various different, you know, financial transactions, right. you know, service goods, that sort of thing, right. And so that was kind of like that was the breaking point where I really went full libertarian. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, there are, you know, and, and it's interesting because one of the things I had to learn is because I grew up in Texas and in Texas, you know, it's one of those things where, especially with a lot of when you go to like a Baptist high school and stuff like that. Right. You know, you get kind of taught that, OK, we're the ones who are, suppo- you know, since since we follow, you know, the way, the truth, the life. Right. Well, what we need to do is that we need to make sure our government does that too. Right. Right. So we need to assert our morals over that. And Romans 13. Yeah. And the more I thought about it, the more I was like, you know, a lot of the stuff when, when God is talking about and, and Paul is talking about, you know, Hey, let's do, uh, you know, let's, uh, you know, do unto others as you would want to, you know, uh, you know, you know, be kind, take care of widows and orphans, you know, that sort of thing. He's not talking about the government doing that. He's talking about the church doing that. Us doing that. Yeah. Individuals doing that. Right. So, so that's where. And that was actually kind of the aha moment I had, you know, in my going from my 20s to my 30s. Right. Where it's like, oh. Yep. And because of that, you know, that's where, you know, that's where kind of it all changed. And, you know, my eyes were opened and I understand, you know. Right. And then you hear about all the stupid laws that are out there. 
And, and it's like, does this really have to be a law? Yeah. Is there a really? reason for this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I was in a similar place. I, my my hangups were, I think my last hangup that I had to give up truly was, was immigration, where I'm like, they need to protect us. And it was really like, no, you know, they're they're actually infringing on my right to to hire or, or host whomever I wish on my property. So they're actually actually violating my rights in the process as well. But it was kind of a similar thing going back and actually reading the Bible for myself instead of taking in the sort of Americanized Judeo-Christianity, uh, you know, version of the of the Bible where, you know, it's all, you know, America's the, the you know, America is the promised land essentially. And, 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 and sort of how, you know, when it's saying we, it means we collectively as the government, which is funny because then conservatives say that doesn't apply to things like health care and, and welfare, which they're right, but it doesn't apply to any of it. it, it it's, it's like you said, it's talking about what we should do and what the church should do. Um, so, so and, and then looking at the laws and thinking, you know what, I don't think this is, I don't think this is correct. Um, I, I'm curious to know wh- who are your two things. Who are your favorite libertarian thinkers? And I guess most importantly, where do I rank amongst them? <laughs> okay, so you know it's funny the discussion about immigration, right? Right. Uh, I had a uh, I, there was a thing where I was uh, looking at uh, you know the the immigration thing, right? Right. And I and and to a certain extent, I was like, you know, I don't. Um, I you know I I think the immig- I, I think the immigration thing is screwed up. Mm-hmm. I think the immigration system is screwed up. Right. But uh you know the you know it's been this way, right? Right, right. right. And then I read a a piece on travel mm-hmm. on, on the freedom of travel by uh Judge Andrew Napolitano. Right. And, re- and he wrote this in 2013 I think it was. And it was like, "Oh, holy crap right you know this is uh you know you go and you look at the at the freaking uh at, at the constitution and no they they don't address uh, it at all yeah they, yeah yeah they, they don't address it at all yeah, yeah. so and, uh, and using the the constitutional literalist you know interpretation if uh it, you know uh the the 10th amendment says if it's not specific, explicitly stated in the constitution then it doesn't fall under the federal government it's it's for the the states and or i think it's what it's the states uh and the people to decide meaning you know it, it's left to the states essentially and which is why the us was you know we call it open borders now but it was essentially an open borders country until the 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 late 19th century with all of the you know china scare stuff and and all the chinese exclusion things up until then it was it was you know it was a, a open quote unquote open borders country there were still limitations to uh there were still restrictions in terms of of becoming a, a, a citizen but in terms of just coming here there really weren't any restrictions yeah, and then uh, you also look at the entire uh, you look at the entire thing where it uh, sits there, and uh, you say, "Oh, well, it's got the uh, not only uh, you got the Fourteenth Amendment. The Fourteenth Amendment actually sits there and applies everything to the rest of uh, you know everything to the states. Right, and then right. you look at the debates between the Federalists and the Anti-Federalists and how they you know." And that sort of thing. So and the discussions about uh, immigration and stuff like that. And it's really fascinating yeah, yeah. Uh, to kind of dig into and look at. You know, when it comes to libertarian, you know, thinkers, uh, I, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't say Nick Gillespie was a 
was a big was a big influence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not only from a professional level, but also a a personal level, and uh, you know, you know, guidance and 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 not to not to overstate, you know, the help he's he's given me or understate the help he's given me. He's he, he's been helpful. Uh, you know, I think he's a he's a good writer. I think uh, CJ Ciara uh, Mella from uh, Reason Magazine is also a, a really good writer. Okay. Um, you know, Jason Pye, I I cannot understate the help he's done uh, for me from a you know from a discussion standpoint, from a you know um, from a legislative stand, you know, just kind of understanding how things how things work and stuff like that, and right. you know the you know freedom and and what that exactly means you know you go and you look at uh, also you know Ayn Rand I think was was an influence I you know if you read her we the living book the first um the the, the first half is really hard to get through right because it's very very um Stoic, I guess, is the is the best way to put it. Okay. Stilted, stilted. There we go. Right. Uh, but then you get into the latter half, and it's like, oh my gosh, you know, so this, you know, socialist Russia. Yes, we all, you know, from an American standpoint, we all heard how bad it was, right. and then, you know, you, you hear the uh, the actual, you know just how bad it was yeah yeah just how bad it was right and it's like oh well um there's a uh, it was really that bad right right it's not just it this, was... this sort of uh uh abstract idea of of oppression it was like real people were actually suffering through this type of thing right you know so the, you know we the living i think is is fantastic um you know, those are the ones kind of off the top of my head. Um, obviously, you know the, you know the Reason Crew has done, you know, does a really, really good job. Uh, you know, Ron Paul, even though I don't think, and and sorry, Paulites, um, and I'm not trying to say that, uh, you know, in a, in a mean way. I, I know there are a lot of Ron Paul fans out there. Uh, I don't think he's the best messenger. I think he. There are, you know, he's got some good ideas on stuff and mm-hmm. he's got some he's got some really good ideas on stuff. And I think that, you know, you, you have to sit there and credit him for being that, you know, Dr. No right. in, the, <laughs> in Congress. Yeah. 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 In Congress. Uh, but uh, I don't think he was always the best messenger. So, you know, that is. um so that's kind of something that, you know, I mean, he was an influence, but I wouldn't say it was a major influence. Okay. Um, you know, you've got all these, I mean, Patrick Henry is, was a, was an influence on me. Patrick Henry would be a libertarian these days. I think, even though, you know, if you go back and you look at some of the stuff he did, uh, while governor of Virginia, where he was basically a dictator, uh, during the colonial times, you know, he he owned slaves as well. So yeah, even though he struggled with it and he admitted that he struggled. Yeah. He actually, I, I read his, uh, a letter to a Quaker or the, or a Quaker church where he, he probably wrote one of the most, 
uh, articulate explanations of the hypocrisy of American culture in accepting slaves. And I'm reading the whole thing, and I'm thinking, yeah, but schmuck, you own slaves. And then, and then it, he ends it by saying that, you know, by saying like, yeah. I am, I am owning people basically for my comfort. And the idea of giving them up and having discomfort from that is too much for me to bear, even though I recognize how, you know, how destructive and, and terrible and immoral of an institution it was. And it's like, man, that's I guess it's great that you're acknowledging that. But you died a slave owner. But I, I agree. I mean, in terms of his political thought, you would have to say he was he certainly expressed libertarian thought, if maybe not libertarian action in how he dealt with others. Yeah, and you know, and he was. Uh, there were obviously times where he was a hypocrite. I mean, there was uh, there was somebody who he had jailed in uh, during the colonial times without due process. Oh wow! Um, and that was something that actually uh, John Marshall, I think, pointed out in the uh, constitutional debate mm. uh, was uh, uh, was, "Hey, you're a hypocrite." <laughs> um, you know, so, uh, you know, there's there's like, you know, you, you, you take people, you know, you, you take what you can get, right. you know, kind of like all over. Right. Um, Especially with historical figures, because it's not like you can, you know, you can't you can't uh, moralize with them now. They're, they've been dead for however long. So you just sort of take the good things that they said and, and put it in context of the bad things they've said and done as well. You have to. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you look at Thomas Jefferson, who, you know, talked about we'll, we'll be friends We'll be enemies to none and, and friends to all. Right. And he did an embargo on, you know, on English and French goods. Right. And you could sit there and you can say, well, he did the embargo because their pirate or their, uh, yeah, their pirates were uh, were taking uh, American goods and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, you you. You can say that, but it still doesn't make. I mean, it gives context, but it doesn't make it right. Right, 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 right. Exactly, exactly. Now, uh, I'm, as you know, I'm an anarchist. I know you tend to lean more towards, if not, you know, minarchism. At least, if we're going to have a government, then it needs to be a small one, and and it needs to to stay bound. Uh, and we can get into what that actually means, bound by, you know, by what it says in the Constitution. This is a minarchist-friendly show, uh, so I will try to avoid getting all wild-eyed and waving my hands around and ranting about the violent monopoly of the state for this episode. For this episode, I will not rant about violent monopolies, if at all possible. But I, 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 I was curious about two things. One was your, your opinion of, for example, the government that was, uh, gov- that the, the original U.S. government, which was under the uh, articles of confederation versus the the constitutional one now and then also sort of the um i guess coming from that the the um uh the the stark difference between sort of the the overtures to to freedom and and limited government that are in the the bill of rights the the the, the first 10 amendments versus the even say just article 1 but the the first seven are the the seven articles of the constitution which really just kind of lay out uh, some would say the ability to have, in some ways, a limitless government, uh, or at least limited, limitless in terms of taxation, and uh, and 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 with some very good weasel wording in the in the habeas corpus clause to really let them do whatever they want to us if they decide they need to. Um, you know, it's sort of the the juxtaposition between the Bill of Rights and 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 the uh, uh, and Article One and uh, and then also the you know 
I guess what you would think is better, the, the, the Articles of Confederation government or the Constitution government? One of the things that was and I need to do more study to the Articles of Confederation. Okay. I, I've not, and, and I'll and I'll admit it. Okay. Uh, you know, one of the things though that was pointed out about the Articles of Confederation is that they really did make, you know, the federal government too weak. Um, from what was, from what was said by, uh, you know, certain people when they were looking at war debt, when they were looking at the fact that apparently what was it maryland and virginia almost went to war with each other right um you know and so that was why you that was why they got together with you know to do the the constitutional convention originally actually just to amend the articles of confederation right and then uh you know depending on who you talk to uh you know the historical sources and stuff like that right. either they you know they surreptitiously tried to do a you know a, a new government right or they did it because they realized that you know in their opinion the articles of confederation wasn't wasn't working wasn't yeah the government wasn't strong enough right, right yeah right uh you know personal opinion um it would have been nice if they had just if they had just gone you know everybody can do their own thing we really don't care uh you know that's that, that that's what it would have, it would have been nice if if they had done that right um you know obviously that's that's not what they did you know <laughs> when it, when it comes to you know the arguments regarding the uh if if i'm 100% honest right right i would i i again 100% honest my own personal personal opinion right mm -hmm. I would, you know, I'd prefer it if we didn't have a government. Right. You know, I, you know, no, you know, everybody can kind of can can do their own uh, can do their own thing as long as they're not hurting anyone, as long as they're not, you know, hurting anyone, taking people's stuff, threatening their life, liberty, non et cetera. Non-aggression principle, right? Yeah. Don't violate uh, the nap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and, and yes, that would mean that I would be against marauding bands of Vikings going out and, you know, raiding nice. and pillaging and stuff like that. I would I appreciate I, that. I would be one of the one of the Vikings who was more of a traitor T A T R A D E R right, right, right. than uh one who was a raider. Um you know, but at the I mean, but at the same time, uh, you know, when I try to look at things when I'm writing, I I look at things from a okay, what does the Constitution say? Right. You know, and if the Constitution sits there sits there and says, as I pull out my copy of the uh, Constitution, which Cato Institute very nicely gave me, and I may have ten, eleven others in my possession. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that's. I'll go back and I'll look at what the Constitution says. Right. And if the Constitution doesn't say something, then maybe, you know, the government, the federal government isn't supposed isn't to be involved supposed to in do it. it. Right, right, right. If you're going to, like like I said before, if you're going to have a government and we're calling it a limited government, then govern according to the charter 
or else give up the pretense of this being a, you know, a constitutional government and just, you know, admit that it's the direct democracy that, you know, H.L. Mencken warned us about, you know, 100 years ago. You know, stop pretending that this is some, you know, that we're operating under the rule of law of the, of the Constitution and just admit that this is a, you know, this is a democracy that's going to take us where, where democracy always takes us. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. And Mencken is somebody else who I, I've kind of like rediscovered Mencken. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been reading him a lot uh, recently, and you know maybe I you know uh, you know partially to a certain extent because I want to learn about his writing style mm. uh, because that dude's got a way with words. Yeah, he's a prolific or was a pro- prolific writer. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like. I haven't read a lot of Mencken, but I, there are two categories I would place Mencken under. One is stuff I, he's written, and uh, and I really like it. I'm like, man, this guy's right about that. And then anything he writes about race, which goes into the cringe category. But I guess he's a you yeah know, one of those take the good with the bad type of things. You know, when he starts talking about non-white people, and it's like, oh wow, okay. And especially when you think back then that. His concept of white was was a lot different than what we consider white now. I'd probably half of Americans that are that identify as white wouldn't even be considered white. Not that that would make it okay if he included them too. But it, when he writes about race, I'm like, okay. And uh, but uh, yeah, pretty much anything else he writes, I'm like, wow, that was that was pretty uh, that was pretty impressive for someone to be writing like that in the the age of uh, the age of Teddy Roosevelt and so forth. So. Um, I wanted to ask you about about specifically American history, and, and maybe this is true in, in uh, other cultures as well. Why do you think that uh, you know greater American society, if we could call it that, has sort of seems to have descended uh, from being so averse to uh, you know authority to almost I don't want to say worship. I guess I do want to say worshiping authority, but or if not worshiping authority, worshiping the idea of authority, treating the that the rule of law is this sacrosanct thing that that you know operates as this monolith. It's like manna from heaven that we get to partake in. It's not just people ruling over us. And, and you know, do you think that that's just sort of a natural progression that happens in any state of society, or do you think it's the consequence of the fact that we're just so comfortable now that you know whatever brought us that we whatever we perceive is bring, bringing us that comfort that we're just okay with it, or or a combination of that, or you think it's something else entirely? Yes. All, Honestly, all of those things, uh, okay. legit, uh, 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 legit, all of it. I nailed you know, it. One, okay, perfect. One of the things you have to look at it, you know, is is just eight years after the colonial, you know, after colonial America became the United States of America. Right? right. There were no, you know, there there was a federal government. There was a, you know, you know, and all that, uh, you know, all, all that stuff. You know, the Congress and you know, Congress and in, in, you know, in Washington, even though there were a couple of days where they couldn't have Congress because no one was there. Right. You know, wouldn't it be nice if, if oh, that's beside the point? That. Yeah. yeah. Just don't go there. Just go <laughs> it's home still, for a while. Yeah. 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 Go home. Go and, and no, don't go home to campaign. Just go. Just home. go home and stay home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, but um, you know, when it, just eight years. The the Federalists saw the Democratic Republicans. There were more Democratic Republicans, people who agreed with Thomas Jefferson, right. you know, James Madison. And they were like, OK, we got to do something about it. So that's where the, uh, you know, the uh, 
the I can't believe that it's I cite it all the freaking time in in my hot air pieces and I'm and I'm completely blanking on the uh on the sedition act and the uh the uh if you need a minute that's okay this isn't live so if you need a second <laughs> you can gather your thoughts I'll edit this uh, out no, no, you can keep it in there because it, it's it's it, the the alien the the alien and, and uh, Act. yeah the yeah that you know the, yeah the alien and sedition acts right uh thank you you know you can keep that in there because it's it, it, <laughs> it's it's, it's good part. radio okay good it's good, good. good radio okay good good uh you know the alien and sedition acts you know you know you had you had the federalists sit there and they were like you know okay uh we have to uh First off, we have to deport, you know, you, you have the Alien Friends Act where it's like, okay, we can deport non-citizens who are quote-unquote dangerous. Right. Uh, we can, uh, you know, if, if, you're, if you make statements that may or may not be true about the federal government, hey, guess what? We're going to throw you in prison. And that, I mean, you had freaking, you know, sitting congressmen right. get thrown in prison. Right, right, right. Uh, Matthew Lyon was one of them. Uh, you know, you had people who, uh, who, who did, uh, you know, who, you know, who, who wrote, who wrote stuff, uh, in, in papers, you know, right. you know, hashtag fake news, uh, you know, wrote, wrote stuff in, in, in papers criticizing the, uh, you know, the government or, or whatever. And, right. and, and they got, and they got shut down and they got thrown in prison and they, and, you know. And so just just eight years, basically, right, eight years after the u s. government was formed, you know, you had them going for the all for the all-powerful state within that, you know, right, right, right. just after that. so it was, so an, it's it was one animal of, farm happening in real life, yeah, yeah. And so the thing that you run into when you look at this is that, you know, the United States really was a radical experiment, right really was a radical experiment and you had people kind of realize you know you had politicians kind of realize how radical it was and they just wanted their people to be in power right so they did what they could to keep their people in power right yeah so it became less about what was in the declaration of independence and more about like okay let's see what we can take from the constitution to justify whatever level of power we can get. So then, so then I guess it, it, in some ways we can say there's almost some mythology about how free quote unquote, our ancestors were, I say our ancestors, but you know, the, 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 you know, the people that lived in the U S before us, you know, uh, you know, the people that came before us that, that maybe it wasn't quite as free. I mean, first of all, if you, you know, were black, uh, 99% of black people were, were enslaved. So there, there definitely was no freedom for them. Uh, so I mean, I you know, know. so I, and that's why it's cringy because I, even when I was, you know, a constitutionalist and I would talk about back when things were more free and I'd have to catch myself because I'm like, okay, you know, yes, that's in aggregate. Maybe that's true. But if you're looking at there were, you know, pretty substantial, especially where I am in South Carolina and where you are in Texas, there was a substantial population there. 
that was not the least bit free. And when we talk, when we pine for the days of, of you know, the, the pre-Civil War freedoms that we had, you know, it, when we pine for those quote-unquote free days, we're really leaving out a lot of people. And, and, and I guess more importantly, we're not being accurate because it, 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 there yeah. is some mythology there, right? You know, there were, I remember Lecrae, the Christian rapper Lecrae, yeah, yeah, got yeah, a yeah. lot yeah. of heat a few years ago for an Independence Day tweet he made which had uh slaves in the in the cotton field right and you know something he was right it happened you know yeah uh you had um the spurs uh most recent uh draft pick lonnie lonnie walker the fourth okay and i'm not a spurs fan i just happen to know who this who who this who he is okay made a and then deleted it on uh on july 4th saying if you know your history You'll never celebrate Independence Day, right? Now Lonnie Walker the Fourth happens to be a black man, right? Uh, and you know something, he's right. Uh, you know, is it is it a little you know unseemly to post that? I guess if you want if you if you want to put it, you know, yeah. But you know something, he's right, and I can understand why certain people wouldn't you know, are, don't want to celebrate Independence Day. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, do I think that it's, you know, when it comes to trying to, you know, calm down the rhetoric and calm down the French Revolution-esque right. uh, thing that we're in right now, do I think that helps? No, I always think you should... You know, I believe you should think before you tweet. Right. Um, you know, at, at the same time, I think uh, there are there. You know, there's truth to to the comments by Lecrae and Lonnie and Lonnie Walker. Right. Walker. Right. The... right. Right. Yeah. So it's... yeah, I think there is this. You know, one of the things that I find interesting about uh, American history is. You have the this is what I remember from high school and middle school. Okay. The colonies weren't being treated right by England. Right. So the colonies decided to rebel against England. Mm -hmm. So you had the Revolutionary War and we won. And then the Articles of Confederation really weren't working. They don't tell you why they say they, they may not they have weren't been, they powerful just, enough yeah, yeah yeah they just say they weren't working so okay we put in the con you know we put in the constitution and the constitution was great yes slavery was an issue the constitution was great and then you had the civil war and then everything was pretty much fine until the civil rights era started and people started having you know you know, you know, issues with that. And, and there's like, so, you know, it's, they it's touch a on stuff like it was like, oh, and then we realized this was bad. Yeah. 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 You know, without, without sitting there and actually, you know, you know, how about we have a discussion about the fact that, you know, there, although I will credit Mr. Richardson uh, at First Baptist Academy for being willing to dis to discuss uh, why the three fifths compromise happened? Yeah, and the three fifths compromises were basically three of every five slaves were counted as a person. For if the, I'm remembering that for, correct for the, for the census, yeah, for the census, yeah. And uh, you know, 
I appreciated the fact that he was willing to discuss that. Right. And willing to say, yeah, that's, yeah. I, I wish there had been a little bit more of a debate about it, but that, but there wasn't. Right. Um, you know, so, you know, there's, I, I think the thing that we run into is that when we look at our, quote, heroes of America, right? Mm-hmm. You know, heroes of American history. Nobody is willing to talk about the bad to go with the good at all. Like they're they're almost, and that's where it becomes almost religious. In that, I, in fact, it goes past religious because we talk about the things that are in the the the, the Bible about the the bad things that King David did, the the bad things that you know Moses did, or you know the the the, the failures that Moses had, or the bad things Noah did. But when we talk about founders, there's a subset of people that are like. No, they were great. And if you try to talk about that stuff, they get really defensive. And I would yeah. I say they, me. I was one of these people for, for at least some time that got very, very defensive about it. And it was like, would you defend, you know, Noah the same way that you're defending this guy? You know, what, what is your, your emotional uh, tie to, to, you know, defending these people tooth and nail that were A, not perfect, just like all of us, and B, some of them had some really kind of scummy behavior i mean uh, you know people that tend to go rise to power a, a lot of times there's a lot of sociopathy involved there and this is my my anarchist talking again but uh uh you know uh you know but it's it's true i mean you look at these people it's all were up outright scum i mean ben franklin who you know was apparently incredibly racist and and even just i mean against non-whites, including Germans. You didn't see them as white. Um, uh, if you want to ever read someone talk about, uh, say horrible things about German people, uh, 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 Ben Franklin writes about Germans the way that Pat Buchanan writes about Mexicans. And uh, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that's my zinger. Um, but, uh, you know, you look at some of the, the way that these people lived and it's like the, the, the things they did, especially in the, in the, the filter of, of how many of them owned slaves and, and the way that they treated them. I mean, it's one thing to say, oh, you owned people. Thomas Jefferson raped women. They had children, and then he enslaved his own children and, like, and never let them go. And that's a, I mean, that, you know, but yet we can, we can unironically say he's possibly one of the most libertarian-leaning founders. Well, what does that say about the founders, you know? So I, I think it's, 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 it is, it is, healthy to have those kind of discussions because otherwise we end up in this sort of cultish thing where it's like oh you know the founders peace be upon them uh you know and and, and the way that you talk about them so i i think that that's i think that that's a good thing i i i i, I find it interesting that in both the quote-unquote right and left side of the authoritarian spectrum and really for all of us we all celebrate rebel figures right so like you know not just historically um, not just in, you know, historical figures like, you know, uh, uh, you know, George Washington when he was fighting it, not, not, not George Washington, the president, but George Washington, the, the revolutionary. And, and, you know, we, we look at all these, these, uh, uh, you know, revolutionary figures of the past. And then in, in, in what we watch on, on, in movies and TV, you know, the, the, the Neo and all the people with the, in, in the matrix and the, the, the rebellion and the rebel alliance in, in, in star Wars and, 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 you know, all of these different, you know, it seems like we always celebrate the rebel, but then in real life, we will, you know, appeal. We might have certain parts of the government that we don't like or certain politicians we don't like, but then we, you know, appeal to authority to protect or care for us or, you know, make sure things are fair for us or, or whatever else. You know, is that just sort of a, a, a do you think that that's sort of a natural human hypocrisy or do you think that's a, a government condition thing? Yes, 
<laughs> uh, you know, it's, I'm nailing these questions, right? You, you know, it's one of those situations where when you sit there and you and you and you look at it, right? Right. Uh, and and you look at the situations where, uh, you know, it, it, it's there's this weird thing where you have people who are like, "Hey, we want to, uh, you know, we want to rebel, and, or you know, be yourself." Or, you know, do what you want to do, you know, right, 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 right. you know, live your own life. Yeah. And then it's and, and then, you know, most of these guys are, are, are you know, these people are, are are sitting there and saying, uh, yeah, uh, do that. And, uh, you know, but if you try to do that, we're going to uh, we're going to kick you out, <laughs> you know, or we're going to we're going to charge you with being, you, you know, be 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 different. But no, you can't. Right. You know, and so that's the that's the really interesting, you know, thing that that you run into. And right. a part of it is, you know, you have people who who they want to celebrate, you know, the the rebel, but they know that you can't celebrate the rebel too much because if you celebrate the rebel too much, then you get people to start thinking. Right, right. Then it'll be anarchy, which is, you know, terrible. Um Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, um, it's exactly like you said. I mean, it's, it's, you know, they're, they're, they're what I like to, the way I like to say it is people are essentially saying, don't harm me, harm them. Like, you know, I, I don't want, you know, don't use government against me, use government against them over there. And, and that's why people hate each other so much. And in, in, in any status society, uh, I'm, I'm doing it again. I'm, I'm going into full anarchy mode, but I, I, I can't, hey, go ahead. I'm sorry, okay. I can't help myself. But, you know, in, in these societies, it becomes this sort of codependent, passive-aggressive thing where instead of being violent against each other directly, although that happens sometimes, we all become, we hate those libtards, we hate those Nazi conservatives, and so instead of, you know, doing something about it and being violent against them directly, we sort of passive-aggressively use our vote as a, a proxy act of violence through government to say, no, you hurt them over there, no, you make them bake that cake for my gay wedding because I don't like that they are against my gay wedding. No, you make them, uh, you know, if they're if they have, you know, if they're if they're hiring, uh, you know, immigrants that that haven't, you know, signed, you know, the, the, the paperwork or haven't, you know, paid the government uh, fees to be allowed to live here that, you know, kick them out and and throw the, the you know, uh, their employee and their employer in jail. And and it's sort of this like instead of saying, I don't like this, so I'm going to live differently from it or even I don't like this, so I'm going to stop them. It's like, I don't like this, so I'm going to vote to have people with guns force them to live the way I want them to, um, which is, you know, sort of this toxic codependent relationship that we all live in, in, the, you know, in, in American society. I shouldn't say American society, really in any state of society. Um, something that's interesting, we had talked about Mencken and uh, how he, I love how he writes about democracy, which it seems like now both Republicans and Democrats just love democracy uh, even though Republicans will say this is no democracy, it's a republic. Yeah, it's a democratic republic, but it, it is it is yeah. a, a form of democracy, and so they all kind of appeal to the will of the people. The people that they were just saying are total morons a few seconds ago, but the will of the people. Uh, if you look at this uh, this uh, lady in uh, in uh, New York City who just uh, unseated a, a, a incumbent in the in the primary, and and now she's running. I think her, her name. I'm, I, I'm, I hope I pronounce this correctly, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Uh, she's had sort of this meteoric 
rise, although I guess meteors fall, so I've never understood that phrase. But she's had this 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 incredible rise uh, because she's young and she's dynamic and she's a socialist. And uh, it, it was interesting that in one of her first interviews, she apparently doesn't really know that much, and it was kind of admitted that she had a lot to learn and didn't uh, know a lot. She did she did say that she thought that she could solve the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, even though she really didn't seem to know much about it. But she was gonna you know she was gonna show them how much she she was gonna use the Care Bear stare and and uh, and fix all of that. And uh, and then she said something about how the employment unemployment rate was low because some people had multiple jobs or something. Like, I mean, there's just a lot of... She's an economics major that doesn't understand uh, how the, the U6 is counted. But I, 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 I... And maybe I'm the only one doing this. I'm sure there are others. I found so many uh, uh, similarities between her and the rise of Trump politically, uh, because obviously Trump in the private sector world has much more experience than she does. But in the political world, they both, both sort of you know, rose uh, uh, almost out of nowhere, uh, even though in many ways they both sound like they really don't know what they're talking about. Um, and, and, and so there's sort of a demagogue thing going there where people are, are filling their empty suits with their hopes and dreams. And it, it sort of goes back to what, you know, Mencken had said about democracy, that eventually democracy will be perfected and, and we, will, we, will out, we will elect, an, I think he said, an outright moron to the White House. And uh, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Are, have we reached peak democracy or, or, is it, or, or are we going straight to idiocracy zone? <sighs> Um, get back to me in 2020 <laughs> when we find out if, uh, if Trump is going to have Kanye as his, uh, as his running mate or which not, I would, I, which again, as an anarchist, I could, it, the more absurd it gets, I'm so entertained by Trump. Uh, I'm horrified at times as well, but, uh, if he became Kanye, if, if, if it was Trump West 2020, I wouldn't vote for it. But I, I might put up a sign or two just just for pure entertainment uh, purposes. You know, and I will say this about, <laughs> about Kanye. I do appreciate his willingness to, to you know, read other stuff because I think that's something that right. people need to do. You know, they get caught in their in their bubble and right. they don't branch out. Now, chamber, yeah. 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 Now, to a certain extent, I'm really not interested in really in, in reading Newt Gingrich's newest Understanding Trump book. I'm really not <laughs> interested in that because Newt is just trying to to get money. Right, That's all he's trying to Of course. And, and, we know and what Newt good, thinks at this point. I I, I think I, I have Newt covered in terms of his and, and he's And he's actually, he's one of the smartest people you'll ever meet. Yeah. And sometimes he's too smart for his own good. Right. Um, you know, but, you know, there's nothing, I mean, like, you know, sitting there and looking at, uh, you know, taking a look at what, you know, we'll just say Mother Jones says or National Review or Think Progress or stuff. You know, there's nothing wrong with doing that. No, no. Uh, there's nothing wrong with actually, you know, reading, uh, you know, the New Yorker or reading, you know, Salon or, yeah. Salon yeah, or, well, yeah. You can read Salon for the uh, for the entertainment. Uh, I, I was going to say uh, the Weekly Standard. Mm. Uh, you know, you know, there's nothing wrong with or, or reading, you know, the editorial page in, right. uh, you, you know, in in your local newspaper, even right. though uh, you know there's stuff that's uh, that isn't necessarily, you know, there, there's some stuff that's actually really bad. <laughs> it's like really. Um, that's why they're that's... in the local newspaper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There, there's one um, there, there's one columnist who actually uh, I, I, I like her for the Dallas Morning News. I like her husband. Uh, she actually she just retired 
Um, and there's there's uh, on the off chance that she and her husband listen, I'm not going to say their names. Uh, but uh, there was a piece I read from her about the Second Amendment, and I was like, no, no, that's not no, no. <laughs> Please stop. Yeah, exactly. Especially 24 hours within a tragedy. No, oh, stop yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, so so you have to look at at, at kind of everything. And you know, when it comes to the gal in uh, in New York, uh, Ocasio Cortez, uh, Ocasio yeah. Cortez, yeah. Right. Uh, you know, there are. Um, first off, I think it's kind of interesting that you've got that you've got Joe Joe Lieberman. Uh, you know, actually sitting there and telling people that they need to vote for the Republican, uh, <laughs> which I which I found really interesting. Right. Um, you know, at, at the uh, or no, I'm sorry, vote for uh, Joe Crowley in in November, not for uh, the, the guy. She, for, the guy she beat. Yeah, the guy yeah, she the guy the she primary. beat. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, at, at the um. Yeah, so I guess a, a, a write-in is what... Right, right. Uh, no, because he's, he's actually... So the way that New York uh, po- politics work, that guy is still officially uh, on, the, on the ballot under the Working Families Party, even though they've officially said that they don't want him... Uh, uh, they, don't, they're, they're, uh, they want uh, Ocasio-Cortez to win, but um, because of the ridiculous rules with, with New York's ballot... Um, he is, I guess they had already pre, I guess they had assumed he was going to win. And so he, uh, he's there. So he's still on the ballot. Uh, oh, it's like Ocasio-Cortez is, is the reform party candidate. Okay. Yeah, that makes it's sense. It's actually, he's almost the reform party candidate because he's on the working party's family, which is like sort of this side party that usually that aligns with the Democrats. She's the democratic candidate. So he, he's the, he's the rebel alliance now. Even though the That's rebel alliance hates him, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I, it, it's you know, if you go and you look at her at at, at her website, right, uh, and, and you go and you look at you know what she you know what she says she stands for and stuff right, like right, that, right. Uh, it, it's a lot of, I, I mean, there's okay, Medicare for all, all, housing as a human right, a peace economy. Criminal justice reform in private. Okay, we can discuss that. Uh, you know, I, I I'm not necessarily against uh, uh, ending private prisons. I'm willing to talk about it more. Right, right, right. Uh, let, let's talk about it. Uh, immigration justice abolish ICE. But you like that was something that that like she was a big thing about, right? Right, right. And listen, I'm actually in favor of abolishing of abolishing ICE. But along with a lot of other stuff. Stuff, yeah. Um, Pretty much all of Homeland Security as well as all the stuff she wants to introduce, yeah. But if you look at it, right, and I'm reading directly from her website, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, The Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agency was created in 2003 in the same suite of post-9-11 legislation as the Patriot Act and the Iraq War. Mm -hmm. It's, It's... same suite of okay that's kind of interesting that she's putting the iraq war as legis i mean there was a i mean they did it's not necessarily legislation i would say but it, right right, uh, right, right. It, it, its founding was part of an unchalked expansion of executive powers that led to the widespread erosion of american civil rights unlike and this is the key thing 
all right? Mm-hmm. Unlike prior immigration enforcement under the INS, ICE operates outside the scope of the Department of Justice and is unaccountable to our nation's standards of due process. Alien Gonzalez was not available for comment. Uh, exactly. That, that My first thought was the picture of the guy uh, pointing the gun at Alien and his, was that his father, uh, aunt? It was mother? Aunt, I yeah, think. And like, oh yeah, no, he was well within. That was definitely that was definitely within the scope of due process and slam going in Waco style and and uh, and 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 holding the kid up in the closet. As overseen by the Trump administration. Okay, I'm I'm skipping the part where 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 she talks about. Uh, now we see the consequences, young people. Yeah, I'm skipping that. Right. As overseen by the Trump administration, ICE operates with virtually no accountability, ripping apart families and holding our friends and neighbors indefinitely in inhumane detention centers scatters across the United States. Alex believes that if we are to uphold civil civic justice, we must abolish ICE and see to it that our undocumented neighbors are treated with the dignity and respect owed to all people, regardless of citizenship regardless of citizen status okay i i mean where's i mean that's that's what's your policy proposal yeah what's your policy exactly yeah civic she supports the dream act but great but what's your outside of it because the dream act is not a fix if 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 we're calling this because my fix is abolish all of it but even even going outside of the my pure anarchy uh, dream world of, of, you know, where you can buy nuclear weapons at, at the local CVS. Outside of that, the next one in, 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 in reality land would be, okay, great, abolish it and replace it with a system of having the states manage it. I mean, like, if someone asked me for a policy proposal, I could flesh one out. She's running for, or ha- is running for Congress, is the Democrat nominee, and is still talking about, you know, using catchphrases, you know, civic justice and our, our undocumented friends. It's like, okay, at this point, this is when you're, this is when you actually say what you would like to do legislatively. But again, Trump did a lot of that. Like, and, and he absolutely. Was, so, I mean, I, I really like, it, it's, it's amazing how we've reached a point where you literally can just win on catchphrases and then govern on catchphrases. Like it's really, it's just like, it's, it's, it's that joke about, you know, that, that the kid that, you know, promises free ice cream, uh, you know, that, that one candidate for, for, uh, uh, for school president, class president, you know, has all of these very, you know, uh, uh, um, specific ideas of what, what he or she wants to have changed and, and, you know, has very, you know, uh, uh, um, you know, a very uh, a professional presentation. And then the other kid gets up and goes, free ice cream every day. And, you know, they all they all vote for that kid. And, and we are this, like, free ice cream democracy. And, uh, I mean, that's how you end up with, you know, 21 uh, trillion plus do- and, and counting in, you know, Federal Reserve note debt. Uh, that just, and, 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 and a never-ending growth of it, despite tech record, you know, tax receipts and everything else, is by people voting based on, like, who touches their feels the most. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah, the populist right and the populist left are the exact yeah. are pretty much almost the exact it's same. It's rhetoric. Rhetoric is the only difference. They both like when Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders to his credit, even though I disagree with him on it, he didn't back down on the on the I mean, I'm sure he's saying abolish ICE right now, but when they asked him about, you know, essentially open borders, he's like, "No, that's a Koch brothers thing. You know, uh uh, you know, we don't want open borders because it it reduces uh, you know, it, it lowers the wage and it's a race to the bottom and, and all of the, you know, I mean, immigration restriction, as you know, was was a, a traditional 
uh, uh, plank of the the left. I mean, that it was the unions pushing yeah. for that. It was the yeah. it you know the whole Chinese scare thing was drummed up to to you know shore up uh, union labor and 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 you know and, and all of that. So I mean, it, you know, um, what's his name? I'm trying to remember the um, uh, 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 Julio uh, Cesar Chavez. Cesar Chavez. Yeah, Cesar Chavez, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, Cesar Chavez, who was, uh, you know, the, the very well-known uh, um, uh, union, so well-known, I couldn't remember his name, uh, union, uh, you know, pro-union activist. Alien and sedition act. Yeah, alien right? and sedition act. And I'm keeping this one into, uh, in solidarity with you, uh, uh, brain fart people unite uh, as one. Um, but he, uh, he was very much, I mean, he used the term wetback to describe illegals, and the guy was Mexican or Mexican-American. And, uh, you know, so but and you're right, the, it, it is the populist right is just the populist left using different rhetoric. But in, in many ways, the same. I mean, are we not going to see Trump talk about Medicare for all in the next few years? Like, is that are, are we not around the bend on that? I, and, and so I, I you I, mean you mean what he talked about uh, in uh, in his 2015 in his July or June 2015 speech in Phoenix when yeah. he said, I know this isn't conservative, but get over it, conservatives. We have to take care of them. Yeah, we have to. We have to. We have to. Right, right, right. Yeah, something like that. And and well, any I mean, he in the very first Republican debate, which I, I made the mistake of watching, he he praised Canada's system. And, uh, yeah. and, 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 and in, in the past had praised Scotland's, uh, you know, their, the, the national healthcare system with, with the UK. And so, I mean, he's pretty clear. I mean, you know, now he's, oh, well, I, you know, I want free market healthcare, but I, no, he I, doesn't. I, I'm kind of scared of a, of a, a, a lame duck Trump for pure entertainment value. I wouldn't mind seeing, but I'm also scared of a lame duck Trump that isn't worried anymore about keeping you know, conservative activists happy anymore, or at least placated. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I can very well picture him joining hands with what is possibly going to be a Democrat-run Congress at that point, and passing some stuff that that Hillary would have never had the chops to pass uh, uh, for the left. So we'll, I guess we'll all learn that pretty soon because I, I do think he's, I think he's going to get reelected for the same reason he got elected because he has the strongest, sing- he has the biggest, the biggest bi- single base of support around a cult of personalities around Trump. But maybe you think differently, but I, I, I think he is a, unless a, uh, a, an Obama like figure comes forward. I, I think a Trump, uh, reelection is, is a, a foregone conclusion at this point. Do you, do you, I have no idea. Yeah, I yeah. think, I mean, you know, the problem that you run into is that, yes, you know, Trump may agree with Bernie Sanders a lot more than he agrees with, uh, you know, Mitt Romney. Right, right, right on stuff yeah uh but there's yeah we'll we'll, we'll see uh, um <laughs> yeah That's... i'm not yeah i don't know what else to say about that yeah yeah i i don't know and i'm not a great my my history of predicting things i was sure that people would would you know wake up quote unquote to uh you know trump and 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 pick someone serious in in the republican primary I was wrong. Then I was sure that he was a, uh, you know, a Clinton plant that, uh, you know, was going to make sure that Hillary won. And that didn't happen either. So at this point, really, uh, I, I'm not a good guidepost for electoral, the electoral <laughs> outcomes, at least not on the federal level. I, 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 I do feel I feel good about Trump. Not I don't feel good, but I, I feel good about my prediction about Trump getting reelected. But we'll see. Um, so as you know, uh, uh, Trump it was just in Helsinki and met with Putin and uh, had uh, had said some stuff about how he 
uh, and initially sounded like he was saying he, he believed Putin more than uh, U.S. intelligence community about whether uh, Russia, Russian government had uh, interfered in the U.S. elections. Uh, and then I guess now he has walked it back and said, oh, no, I meant that 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 they, they, they clearly did were involved. Um, I, I enjoyed the 24 hour period. Uh, where the uh, the left was uh, suddenly uh, very supportive of our U.S. intelligence community, uh, that you know Bush lied, people died. Uh, crowd was now saying uh, you know that we that we need to trust uh, the the U.S. intelligence at least if if they're saying something that Trump didn't say. Uh, Trump was you know uh, now they're saying Trump was a traitor. He was a you know high treason. He was a, he was guilty of. Beto um, O'Rourke actually yeah. said he needed to be impeached. Yeah, uh, the no. Democratic uh, d- the Democratic uh, uh, candidate for uh, Senate here in Texas. Yeah. against Ted Cruz. Yeah, one Steiny Hoyer, if I'm saying his Steiny name correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he said treason. I don't know if he was proposing a trial where he'd be hanged, but I mean, I mean, they're using the big talk uh, uh, for this stuff, and I just find it hilarious because these are the people that. You know, they, they, they want Trump simultaneously to be in charge of our of our health care and to surrender all of our guns to him. But 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 he's also a traitor. I think that's hilarious. But, um, you know, it was something Rand Paul had said in, in at least one interview. He talked about the fact I'm sure Ron Paul's out there saying it, too. You know, the U.S. government, if we want to complain about meddling in other countries uh, elections, the U.S. government has a very storied history uh, uh, even you don't even have to go outside of this, uh, you know, out of the Americas to see all of the uh, di- not just direct and indirect meddling in other countries' elections. And I'm just I'm curious what what you think of our 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 insistence that our election system have the quote unquote uh, you know um, you know be pure and, and untainted, and yet you know we can you know smash anyone else's system as as we see fit. All right, so a uh, a few things. Uh, one is, um, I think the, the biggest problem that you run into is, is this shows the, that both sides of the aisle love their authoritarians. Right. I mean, you look at it, Trump is sitting there and he's praised, uh, Putin, yep. he, he praised, uh, Erdogan or yep. Uh, however, the, the Turkish president, how, yeah, the Turkish president, yeah, the, right. the Turkish president, right, right. uh, he's, he's praised, uh, the Chinese president, he's praised Kim Jong Un, you know, you know, and at the same time, you go and you look at what, uh, you know, the left has said about Hugo Chavez, right. uh, you know, who who is not a good guy. No. At all. No, no, no. But, oh, he's, you know, they're perfectly fine. Right. With, you know, you know, you, you know, you have that. Uh, you have those comments. You have some of the comments that were made about, you know, Fidel Castro. Oh, and you have. Oh, Shay. I mean, they're, 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 they're number one. The person they love to have on their shirts and hats, Shay Guevara, who, you know, killed gay people and hated black people and, you know, uh, was a, a horrible authoritarian and tortured people and everything else. He's now a symbol of freedom and justice for all. Yeah. Uh, you know, so you have, you, you know, so that's the thing. You have the 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 right and the left. Right. They both fall into their entire, you know, we you know we love our, our authoritarianism, authoritarianism. Right. and right. that's that's the bigger problem. Yep. Right. Right. That that that's the bigger problem that you run into. Right. And listen, there's nothing wrong with with having conversations and doing diplomacy. With countries, uh, you know, depending obviously on on how the you know 
there's a fine line between diplomacy and enabling. Right, 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 right. And the problem that you run into is that for for far too often, the U.S. has been more has been more willing to enable. I mean, you look at the dictators. You know, you go back to uh, to George W's, uh, where you know there was the uh, I, I forget who it who it was. Um, you know, in one of the in in one of the stands, um, in one of the it may have been Kyrgyzstan for for all I for all I remember, but you know, horrible dictator, and the U.S. was kind of you know cozying up to him. Right. You know, the U.S. has cozied up to the Saudi royal family. Oh, very much so. Yeah, yeah. You know, you and 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 yes, it looks like uh. Uh, the prince is, you know, he, he's he's certainly into reforms, which is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, but there's a difference between cozying up and uh, and and diplomacy. Well, it's, it's, it's accepting the reality of power. That's who's in charge. So if I want to talk to someone and get something done, that's who I've got to talk to. I can ignore him if I want to, but that's who's in charge. So, you know, yeah, yeah. You can do diplomacy, right? You, right, you can right. establish, of course, you know, my opinion is the best way to get reform, and it won't be immediate reform, but it will still be reform on the long term. And yes, it sucks that it's not immediate reform. Right. Uh, is to, pardon me, is to sit there and say, okay, let's do this. We're going to, uh, we'll do free, we'll do free trade. Let's do free trade. Let's do free trade. Right. Let's uh, let, let's discuss things. You know, we'll, we'll have our businesses do, you know, do business with your people. And I think that's the best way, honestly, yep. to, you know, to, uh, to to get stuff done yep. and to yep. see freedom and liberty expand in the in the u.s or around the well not just in the u.s but, but around globally. the world yeah i mean yeah. Uh, free trade has has lifted most of the world out of poverty um you know the, the 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 number of places where there is outright abject poverty and starvation is at an all-time low and is diminishing even in the midst of you know economic you know uh depressions or economic recessions and recoveries trade continues to, to to raise up the living standards everywhere including here um you know uh the the and 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 so i i've i've never understood uh or i guess i should i do understand i i understand that it takes a level of of economic and social illiteracy to be against trade um i think it's the finest diplomacy at all it's not commanded top-down diplomacy it's it's like you said it's it's people individuals and individual organizations working with other individuals and organizations for mutually beneficial uh, uh you know needs and and finding ways to to meet everyone's needs in a, in a in a mutually beneficial way so i definitely agree with you on that so one last question before before you go and i really appreciate your time again for for being on the show um thoughts on Helsinki and 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 with Trump's overtures to Putin do you think that it's he's doing diplomacy for peace do you think he's the Russian Manchurian candidate that you know that that the left is painting him as or or do you think it's just that he likes strong men and Putin's kind of the strong man strong man and so he has an affinity for him or what what do you think that the the thought process behind that is I think he likes strong men and uh, he likes strong men politicians and that's why he's doing it. Uh, I also think uh, that, you know, there's nothing wrong with, re again, there's nothing yeah, wrong, yeah. wrong with, with having conversations, uh, you know, but at the same time, I think the, the problem that you're running into is 
he's enable he's enabling uh he, he's enabling them as well. Uh he he's enabling you know, uh, Putin as well by very much being this, oh my gosh, you're a wonderful person. I looked into his eyes and, you know, (laughs) you know, well, you know, I, I, that, that's the issue that you run into. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, and and that's what he's doing. You know, there's nothing wrong with having conversations. There's nothing wrong with, with, with engaging in diplomacy, you know, the, you know, but again, there's there's a difference between diplomacy and enabling, and I think right, right now he's enabling more than he is uh, diplomatic. Right. You can date him, but don't kiss him. Yeah. Um, cool. Okay. Well, Taylor, uh, thank you again for your time, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Taylor Millard. Uh, if you want to uh, check him out, uh, he is on HotAir.com. Again, one of my favorite people out there. I like a few of the writers on there. A couple I could do without, but I really, really like Taylor. Uh, uh, Taylor, by the way, does not agree with that. He loves all of the writers at, at Hot Air. Um, I know that uh, in, in, inherently. Um, Taylor, thank you again for your time. Thank you so much. Hey, happy to uh, help out. Thanks a lot. Well, guys, yet again, thank you so much for joining me for another episode of uh, My Fellow Americans. I was hoping to have my new AV equipment, my new microphone. I got all this fancy microphone and new webcam and everything uh, that I was hoping to have for this episode, but it didn't get here in time. Uh, I should be getting it today or tomorrow. So hopefully we'll have that for next week. So anyway, please be sure to uh, comment on our YouTube or Facebook or our SoundCloud or wherever you're seeing this. Be sure to leave a comment and tell us what uh, what you think of it so I can uh, reply, whether tell you whether you're right or wrong. Um, also, feel please uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel and, uh, and check us out on our website, uh, muddywatersoffreedom.com and also muddywatersoffreedom.com on uh, SoundCloud and on Facebook, but definitely please like and subscribe to our, uh, our YouTube channel. Thanks again, and I'll see you guys next time.
the distances I will leap from the man that I used to be. But now, summer doesn't exist anymore. Best case scenario, I get to finish the tour. Then chill with the gust in August before I march and march again. Day quill in April, I know how cold this arc can get. My head hurt and I must have a lot on my mind. When I got time on my hands, they put hands on my time. Open up to only fine. I'm in line. There's a point that's murder. 